In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? You're listening to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, a podcast about redemption through the glory of Christ Jesus, our risen Savior. Whether or not the pastor teaching the meditation today, or if I say the exact words in this episode, the Holy Spirit is reaching out to you through God's Word, which will be faithfully taught each and every episode you have here. So if you place value on the faith that the Spirit kindles in you, pass it on to everyone that you can. Because the rewards of faith in Jesus Christ are life everlasting in Him. Why wouldn't you want to see a fellow life traveler in distress saved just as you are? Tell them in person. Invite them to church. You could share this podcast with them. Don't leave them out there on their own. Be that willing tool of the Holy Spirit. The faith you possess is valuable, and it's meant to be used, not kept on a shelf. It's the last weekday of our new year in 2024. The secular new year brings forth a lot of mixed feelings in people, mixed attitudes. Some of us are all revved up. The feeling of new possibilities and a fresh start have us invigorated in our attitudes, and they're motivating us to try new things. To those of you out there who are motivated, good on you. I would encourage you to harness those feelings and to dedicate your efforts to the service of God, just as St. Paul exhorts us in Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. To others, though, we're discouraged by politics the economy, our relationships. Nothing seems new. And that sad lamp that I bought to ward off the seasonal blues, it doesn't work as advertised. It just is really bright. It may come as no surprise to you that I'm an avid listener of podcasts, and my favorite ones come to me from the Time of Grace podcasts. And as a quick aside, I'd highly encourage you all to subscribe and listen to them as well. One of the most recent ones talked about how only 8% of people are successful into February with their New Year's resolutions. One of the main reasons behind this is that people's efforts are unrealistic. They try to take on too much at once. I would like to encourage you to take a page from our invigorated brothers and sisters, but in a realistic way. You could get back into God's Word. You could see how God is faithful first. And then you can see yourself in Adam in the fall of man. You could see yourself in the bad kings of Israel. You could see yourself in the shoes of Thomas and his doubt. And then, after every story, you'll see how God remains faithful. You can see how he masterfully sets up the stage for Jesus. To see how he takes on not only our physical pain, but the pain of the sins that we did that merit the wrath of God for us. You can see how he makes sure that many people see him after his resurrection so that we are assured that he has conquered not only our sins for us, but that the power of death has also been crushed. It's too much, right? Don't set yourself up for failure. Don't try to read a bunch of the Bible at once every day. Get a Bible and read it for 10 minutes, for three minutes while you drink your coffee in the morning while you're trying to wake up. 
You don't like to read actual words? Well, that's okay. Read the Bible through an audiobook. Listen to it on your way to work, or on the way home from work, or both. The Bible is best consumed, in my opinion, like a filet mignon, one little fantastic serving at a time, so you can really think and digest what you just read or heard. If you can't afford one of these things, let me know at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org and I'll get you one. See how God cares about you, what He wants for you this week and always throughout the coming year, no matter what we think is coming. Our meditation for today comes to us from St. John's in Woodlake, Minnesota. May you be blessed by our time together in the Word. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? It is no secret who this child is. This child is Christ, the King, the Lord, the eternal Word of God now made flesh, born to save his people from their sins. It's no secret because the angels sang it from heaven. They announced it, who he is and what he would do. The shepherds came to see him, finding him just as they had been told, and then returned to their flocks, praising Glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Even wise men came from the east, bowed down to him in worship. They presented gifts to this child as to a king. And when Mary and Joseph entered into the temple to do for the child what the law required, and an old man named Simeon came. He held the baby in his arms. He pro- prophesied concerning this child. First, he praised God for fulfilling his promise by allowing Simeon to see with his own eyes, to see his salvation. And not only his, but the salvation of the whole world, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel. What child is this? Everyone is agreed. Angels, shepherds, magi, aged seers. It's a Savior. Christ the Lord. And Mary and Joseph agree too. For they name him Savior, they name him Jesus, as the angels said. Now, Simeon has a word not about the Christ child, not to the child, but he has a word for these two, Mary and Joseph. These two, who shall we say, the two who love him the most, who care for him, who believe in him, who want nothing bad to happen, they want nothing more, but for all of his life and work to be crowned with success, and now are charged with his care. 
St. Luke tells us that Simeon blessed Mary and Joseph and then said to Mary, said, this child is, caught, is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Some blessing, huh? This child is going to cause many to fall. This child will be spoken against, and what people think of him will be even worse than what they say. How would you react if someone said such a thing about your child, much less this child? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Not my kid. Not this child for sure. This child is Christ, the King, the Lord. He is Jesus. He's the Savior of all mankind. A light to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. Everyone's going to love him. Of course. Just like we love him. Simeon, he must be mistaken. But he's not. Because it turns out just as Simeon said. From then until even the present day, despite the popularity of Christmas and the near universal celebration of something like Christmas, I hate to break it to you, but not everyone likes Jesus. Even if they should. Even if they say they do. Not everyone loves him, or trusts in him, or worships him. He is what you call a divisive figure, a controversial figure, always has been. He causes the falling and the rising of many in Israel. Israel, those are the people who, to whom he was sent. And as St. John tells us in our Christmas Gospel, he was sent to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The very people who should have welcomed him and worshipped him and loved him didn't. By their reaction to, by their response to, their rejection of him, they reveal what is in their hearts, the wickedness of their thoughts of their hearts. They rejected him, spoke against him, accused him, plotted against him, crucified him. But even then, their opposition was still not satisfied. After he rose victoriously from the dead, they lied about his resurrection. And then they ran around killing, executing his disciples and his apostles who proclaimed that resurrection. And repeatedly, since the, in the centuries since, Christians, Jesus Christians who have, have been persecuted, martyred, mocked, and ridiculed. And even if you might say, well, that's, that's an extreme. Those are extreme, exceptional, brutal responses to Christ and his Christians. Let me ask you, what's the norm? 
What's the most common response? Isn't it just plain old rejection? Dismissal and denial of Christ? And? Even among Israel? Even among those to whom he has sent? Those who should be his own? The norm seems to be apostasy or hypocrisy. More people fall away from the faith than come to it. And it would seem that the more this Christian church centers its whole life around Christ and his word, the less popular it becomes. And then even among those who do love him, among us, who do believe in him, we too do not treat him as we ought. Luther has a comment on this, on this verse. He says, He, Jesus, ought to be my true friend and comforter. But the old donkey in me won't have it. In my heart, it is just as bad as it is in the world. He is a sign to be spoken against. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon said that to Mary, but, but I can think you can imagine, you can imagine how she was cut to the heart at the foot of the cross, but, but for those who love him, it cuts too, doesn't it? When Jesus is rejected. You sense that, I think, when, when you hear the account on Good Friday of Jesus' crucifixion, and it pains you that such would happen to him? You feel the tip of that sword when, when Christians are persecuted, when they are slandered? Or when the world expresses its disdain or disregard for this one whom you love? You know how it cuts when even people dear to you drift from him? And even pricks when your own conscience reveals your own thoughts against him. We might ask ourselves, Simeon, what kind of blessing is this? This doesn't seem like a blessing at all. A sword piercing your soul sounds more like a curse. So I want you to imagine then how it would be, say, for Mary if she hadn't been told, if this prophecy had not been given, if she had gone home from the temple that day, going to expect that every day would be like Christmas with the shepherds coming to worship her child and like Epiphany with the wise men bringing gifts, if she had come to expect that everyone would simply love and worship her child as they ought. Imagine that we had the expectation that everyone really loves Jesus, or at least they would love him if only they knew him. Imagine how our faith or our church life would be, would be shaken 
when we inevitably come to the conclusion and realize that they don't. I have to give credit to our, our Dr. Luther for his observations on, this, on these verses. I would not have thought of it on my own. Luther says about these words, this prophecy, he says these words, these words are written so that we should not despair when we see great crowds falling away from Christ. And he says, if all this had not been so clearly predicted through the apostles, no Christian could endure it. The pain, that is. It would destroy us. It would, it would hurt too much. It would, it would send us into the pit of despair. Luther talks about this with regard to his own life and, and, and preaching. He thought to himself that the, the gospel had been hindered for so long and had not been proclaimed cle clearly that if people just heard the message, if he preached, they would hear and believe and love him. But near the end of his life, he looked back and he thought to himself, you know what, I almost, almost wish I had never preached a thing. For the disappointment of the rejection of the pre clear preaching of the word. It hurts so much to have this preaching rejected or ignored. He says, I would almost wish I had never done it, except for this comfort. This comfort that this was foretold. Because, of course, this Christ child and the God who sent him also knew exactly what would be. He knew how he would be received, exactly how he would be received, exactly how he would be opposed. And still he came. He came to that which was his own. But his own did not recognize him, and still, still he came. And so there is also this comfort, that the same Christ who causes many to fall, many to reject him, many to fall from him, also causes many to rise. He does that. All the rejection, the contradiction, the despising of many does not destroy or hinder or even cloud the love, the trust, and the confidence of his family. Don't you think that Mary left the temple that day holding her baby tighter than ever? Don't you think that Mary and Joseph both returned to their home? They were ready to take this child's side in everything. Resolved to give all things they had to not let, to let nothing stand between them and this child, between this child and his saving work. Dear people of God, you who love Jesus, may these words also bring you comfort when the world and even nominal Christians show what they really think of Jesus, and perhaps even when they take it out on you. But may these words also draw you closer to him, knowing that it's 
It's not your arms that keep him safe. He's a big boy. He can handle opposition, even if it's hell, even if it's death. No. No, it's in his arms that you are safe. This child, our Christ, might be maybe spoken against, maybe hated and rejected, causing many to fall. But this child is no unwilling victim. He is no loser. He is, even if the whole world would oppose him, he is Christ, Lord, your Savior, your King, your Conqueror, and your brother. He goes into battle. He goes into life knowing exactly what he's up against. He knows those who are against him. He also knows who are with him. He knows who loves him, who cares for him, who worships him. Simeon prophesied to Mary and Joseph to comfort them, to encourage them, to prepare them. Along with all those who likewise hold the Christ not in their arms, but in their hearts, who have them placed upon their lips and on their tongue. He comforts them and prepares them and encourages them. That is you that they also, that you also may be blessed through this child. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday Divine Service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.